0: Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh,
1: blog They're Wonderful lads, to do a great job there And worth reading about that man
0: there so we the man the rest the numbers Time's ended up almost looking like a 6-3 one Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website great podcast as well Of course, Fede Valverde was a huge part of the equation
2: Hello, and welcome to a Sunday night edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. I'm your host, Keon Sobani. Tonight's episode is a two parter. Part one is a breakdown of Real Madrid's win over Espanol. And then part two, stick around, Castilla Corner are back. Christopher McCormick and Ruben Scarping discuss Castilla's draw over the weekend, which was a huge talking point because of Sergio Arribas and Carlo Ancelotti watching the game. And Matt Wilty and I also have articles on the website on ManagingMadrid.com about that game and more more specifically about Sergio Arribas as well. So go check that out. Stick around for part two. That's coming up in a sec. We'll bring it forward, though, because for now we are going to break down Real Madrid's win over Espanyol first and foremost. So joining me tonight on part one is Matt Wilty. Matt, how are you? How, how, how are you feeling about that game? Do you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. That was actually a really, really fun game.
3: Um, I think both there was a story in both halves and uh even you could argue multiple stories within each half um and so i think a lot for us to break down a lot happened um some good carlo post game quotes too and i just think this was this was one of the
2: eventful early season games, and it's fun it's a fun one so i definitely enjoyed it so this one um definitely has a very interesting story arc and the the ending was it was I mean I I guess it just kinda was all over the place. The the ending was kind of weird but also celebratory and there was a little bit of panic kind of at the end of the first half and to start the second half, Espanol kinda changed, the momentum shifted. But overall this was a deserved win for Real Madrid. Why don't we start with the starting lineup? The first time we saw the Rudiger and Militao pairing in action Ancelotti did say after the game that his reasoning for starting those two together was because he wanted to deal with the aerial threat of Jose Lu and he wanted Rudiger and Militao in there together he also talked about Alaba's uh, left back attacking ability so he explained that and we saw it and I'm wondering what did you think of that back line? How did it function in your eyes? Did you like it? Did you have anything that concerned you about that back line? What did you think?
3: i i really liked it i thought um i I think we talked about this after the celta vigo on the post-game podcast how likely we'll see this or we should see as be the fullbacks against teams that maybe play a little bit of a deep deeper block or are some of those kind of with all due respect smaller la liga teams um i think Maybe we'll see that more often, and and sure enough, Carlo went for it today, and I thought it was the right move. The given Jose Lu's aerial presence, I mean, having Rudiger, Militao, Chua, kind of your core three right there is is huge. Like I was thinking that even on our set pieces, I was thinking well, we have we should, we should a corner kick or free kick or something. We've got is a lot more aerial presence right now. Um, but what I really liked the most about it were, were the fullbacks and particularly Alaba. It was so fun to watch him play left back. Like I'm I've been one of the proponents who have felt like his position is center back. He is a center back. But I won't lie, this is seeing him in this type of role, like I think it should be used in the right context. But when it's used, it's a lot of fun to watch because he's just he's so dynamic. He adds a new dimension this time where he came centrally where it was kind of like advanced with his back to goal on the back four where he just provided an outlet that we never usually have when mendy's playing um so it was so it was so nice to see that um and i think Alaba just that's the way to go when we're playing against deep blocks just put them out wide you've got rudiger there now who can play center back no problem and i think that may be the go-to option going forward
2: so I have a lot of thoughts on this, and this is really interesting because the the transition from discussing the backline to the attack is kind of seamless in this case because we're talking about Alaba in the final third. What's interesting is I don't think necessarily Alaba did that much in the final third, otherworldly, other than the fact that he was there. His heat map, he had a lot of touches in the final third. He looked comfortable on the ball when combining with Vinicius on that side and also played... Um, Inverted left back at sometimes, you know, kind of drifting centrally and making these runs. Mendy, you and I were talking about this that Mendy, in bigger games where you have to face the the superstar wingers, maybe might make more sense. But today, I think there were a lot of occasions in this game as 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 many transition opportunities we had in the spe- in the second half in particular. There were. Large stretches of this game where you had to break down a stubborn defensive low block from Espanol that was pretty tight knit, and I think Alaba helps in that situation a little bit more. The other interesting thing is that too many in this game, the positioning. I'm very curious to know what how you saw that because me and Jose we were we were doing a podcast on Friday and a bunch of patrons on Zoom joined us, and one of the questions someone asked us was does it make it easier for Real Madrid to attack low blocks without Casemiro? And what I said was, I don't think so. Because Casemiro, if you look at him, especially under Zidane, he actually is a type of player who was, despite being a defensive midfielder, would actually barge into the box, try to break lines, try to provide numerical superiority when we were facing tight blocks. He goes in and he tries to meet... Crosses into the box. He attacks balls into the box. He shoots from distance. So I actually think Casemiro was useful against low box in that sense. And it's interesting because Chu Many in this role was a lot different than you know what we, what we would expect from a Casemiro like type anchor. And there's a shift in the style of play in putting Chu as your defensive anchor. I think in the sense that he's not. I mean, we've seen Casemiro play ahead of Kroos and Modric in the past, so that part of it is maybe not necessarily a surprise. But I do think it is interesting to see him in this game not functioning as a pure anchor and actually often playing ahead of Kroos and Modric and seeing how that played out. That probably had some defensive perils and it left a bit of a gap between our midfield and defense throughout that stretch of Espanol momentum. But I'm curious to know how you saw that play out What are the pros and cons and what was your read on Chiuameni's position in general?
3: Well, first off, I think, I think Chiuameni had a really solid game. I liked him from the first whistle. I felt like he was really smooth, comfortable. Um, just his, all his passes were coming off. Even if you remember like early in the game, he zipped one into Maldrich that didn't look like it was going to make it. Um, but it was, he put enough weight on the pass to get there and. I think, like I was, I was impressed with him. He picked and shoot, kind of like you talked about. Like he, the kind of European under was always going to go play with them because Modric are uh, building out from the back, and that kind of happened today as well because Modric dropped as deep as the right back position, um, and Cruz did the same on the opposite flank, and so too many oftentimes would kind of have to continue to venture forward, um, not only because of. How deep Modric shot, but because of how high our line was, so uh, there just wasn't enough space. If you added too many into the mix, there it just didn't make sense. So he had to kind of keep pushing himself up. And honestly, I find that more so because cleaner on the ball, um, he's a better technician. And so for me, that that makes more sense, and I'm okay with it. But to your point, like. There sometimes are issues in transition. But when you have Fede on the field, you have Chuamene, and later in the second half, you have Kamavinga. Like, those are guys that I trust to get back in transition or make the tactical foul high up the pitch or whatever it may be. So I think we can play a little bit differently with these profiles of players. And so it'll be interesting to see um, how Carlo chooses to use Kamavinga or Chuamene going forward. Possession yeah. More in position.
2: Yeah, Derek Ray uh, used the word ubiquitous to describe many in this game. I thought that was kind of apt because he was everywhere. He was playing a bunch of different positions. And, you know, I thought what impressed me about him in this game was that there are points where he's the focal point in the build-up phase. Like, he and Cruz are showing deep. They're playing in double pivot. They're spraying passes around. And then there are other occasions where he's literally playing in the hole as a 10. He's making great off-ball sprints into the box. He's almost playing like a second striker. And he actually made a couple good runs into the box just to drag defenders away for Benzema to get on the end of passes. Or in some instances, he actually probably should have gotten the ball to shoot. And then there were also instances where him, Modric, and Cruz were very interchangeable. They were playing tight-knit triangles together. And I think, look, it's a work in progress. I don't think... This is a, a fine, oiled machine yet. I think they're still trying to get used to it. Obviously, Casemiro Cruz and Mordic spent years together. They they had it down like clockwork. But this one is still growing. I did think there were some defensive dominoes to this, uh, the fluidity of Chuomeni's role. But it's interesting to see how this develops. Um, uh, let's start with the go-ahead goal, Mat Chiuameni carries the ball and slides it through to Vinicius who Kind of cuts in off the ball Rodrigo style across the face of goal and gets the ball and gets the ball and finishes it. What impressed me, Matt, about that play was that if you see Chiumeni in the build-up on that, he's very vertically oriented. He's trying to find solutions, and he when he when he places the ball to Fede's feet, he plays that vertical pass instead of just kind of hedging back and leaving the play. He immediately sprints, gets it back, and it's quick thinking by Vinicius because Vinicius sees where this is going, and he immediately darts just kind of across the face of the goal. He's kind of in the middle of the box at that point. He just darts across, and as great of a pass as it was from Chuomeni, Matt, vinicius's movement is what unlocked that pass for Chiumeni to actually hit. So I thought as much as we want to praise Chiumeni for this uh, great assist, I think Vinicius really creates this goal with his off-ball movement, and the finish was great. Why don't you break that down for us if, if you saw anything else that you wanted to, to add
3: yeah i think that movement um was yes yeah, sir i think that movement was um similar to what rodrigo always does kind of that diagonal near post run um, and those are so difficult to defend just curving your run across the back line making that diagonal run across goal very, very difficult to, to to defend. And I think Vinicius did a nice job with that. And the other thing I want to call out in that goal, um, you kind of mentioned how Chiuameni was vertically oriented. And he's carrying the ball forward, but he doesn't really have a lot of options. So he just kind of continues carrying it until he like finds something. And what I liked was Fede basically recognized that Chiuameni had limited options created a passing angle came to the ball played that wall past the quick one two and um that created the opening and it's three players Fede, a to vinicius that really this is like we're seeing the transition before our eyes like we're seeing this new core this new group guys who Fede and vinicius have already played a crucial part in a champions league final but these are guys for their own like we just left He's been here for almost a decade. And I think sometimes we forget like we're in the midst of some of these other young players already kind of producing their legacy as we as we watch these games go by. And so obviously it's very early days for Chua Many, but um I liked everything about what he did in this goal. And I think he was the pass with the outside of his boot. It kind of looked like it maybe came off the outside of his boots slightly there. So either way, I mean it was a really great vision and like that's just something he brings to the table
2: let's get your thoughts on the goal conceded because there's wide range of wild takes on this one and i thought (laughs) I, i sometimes think we're very quick to to run to find someone to blame in these sequences and i i actually thought militao maybe was harshly blamed for this one i'm not saying he couldn't have done better on that defensive play but he gets goal side he he's there he gets a little bit of bad luck with the the second bounce i think there are there are some things here in the build up to this that are kind of it was one of those ones where you have to prevent it before it even gets to the box and i think that was almost easier said than done it was to me i, I watched this many times um uh oscar hill the right back he makes a very subtle but good run just kind of moving centrally and goes behind Cruz. And Cruz at that point has to make a decision. Do I take the ball carrier on the wing or do I cut off that pass? And I think he's kind of caught in between both worlds. And I think he tries to kind of do both. And I don't think there's much he could have done to prevent that because either way he has to pick his poison in that situation. And at that point, Chuameni was dragged into the half space by someone else's run. I can't remember who it was. And all of a sudden Oscar Hill has this just acres of space to run into and he plays that ball into the box. And Jose Lu ends up scoring. Where do you pin the blame there? Um, how do you prevent something like that? I mean, a lot of people also came out quickly to say Casemiro would have prevented this. Like, it's not like these these problems just completely vanished with Casemiro on the field too. I there 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 were some there was something here that I think there was a gap between the midfield and the defense, and it was hard to I think just switch on the fly and figure that out. But I'm curious to know what you saw in that play.
3: Yeah, I think it's really difficult to uh, place blame on Militao in this situation. I think he was kind of put in a in a tough spot. I think maybe you could argue that could he have stepped up and just held the line um, and have try and bring Jose Lu offside? I, I think that's diff- really really difficult to do, um, especially if the whole back line just isn't in unison, and it just kind of seemed like that four weren't connected at the moment. Um, and so maybe the only other thing he could have done was be a little bit more um, aggressive with Jose Lu and just kind of put a little bit more of a body on him. But again, you have to be careful of not fouling him inside the box. So it was a, it was a tough one for Militao. I guess the only other, I mean, you described kind of the buildup to the play. Well, I think the only other thing maybe was if two kind of playing that screen position could have put a little bit more pressure on the final pass there um i think it, was, it may have been from us um if he a little bit more pressure on the final, maybe he could have blocked uh or denied the passing lane so those are my only two kind of nitpick moments about it but really that was Besides the uh, host, the other late Jose Lu chance in the, in the first half, they really didn't create anything else besides that the whole game. And so I think we just I felt like the first half we were phenomenal. Like the first forty minutes of that game, we were playing some vintage football. I really liked the speed of our play, um, how we were creating chances. Vinicius was just being a nightmare. I like betting even in the ring, um, things. Kind of, a position his own even when we play against smaller teams and I thought the midfield was in control many was like we talked about kind of starting to create that cohesion with Cruz and Modric so everything was going well and then the final five minutes or so we started to lose some momentum and Espan- Espanol got a f- got a foothold
2: yeah there were there were a couple of reasons why I wasn't too worried about the way we ended the half I mean it was worrying in the sense that we lost a bit of control, but I was confident for two reasons. One, it was, I was I thought that maybe, the, it was encouraging enough the way we started this game that I thought we we were in control enough to be able to regain control again in the second half. That was one. Two was like I really believed in our depth, especially compared to Espanyol's depth, who are really withering in their in their depth department right now to start the season, and the theme has been Matt, this whole season and i think will be continue to be this season and it was the theme last season the bench makes a difference and um and we're going to get to that in a second before we get to that vinicius the grooves he's been in all season it's funny cuz i think out of the two between him and benzema vinicius has been a bit a bit sharper to start the season and Benzema will be fine I you know he scored two goals today and he he's he's had 19 shots in La liga I mentioned this on Twitter uh, I'm pretty sure no one has come close to 19 shots after three games it's crazy how much he's shooting I'm not worried about him because I think he's been so involved and not passive at all and everything will just fall for him eventually today was a lot of offsides um, a few a few bad touches. Not in game rhythm yet fully, but he still scored two goals and he was clutch as hell. So I'm not worried about him at all and he's involved. But Vinicius has been starting pretty sharp. Why don't you talk to me about his performance today? What did you think about him?
3: Yeah, Vinicius has been phenomenal to start the season. And it's funny that like a lot of ways it felt like last season just kind of never stopped. It's just been a continuation of last season so far just because of some of the reoccurring themes, whether it's Vinicius and Benzema scoring the goals, Vinicius just growing in his protagonism with each game, Uh, the substitutions, Kamavingo, Rodrigo, Ceballos, all coming in and making an impact, turning a game around. Um, Like there's so many things that just see like, wow, I'm having deja vu. It's like the last season never really ended and it's virtually the same team. Obviously Casemiro's gone, but virtually the same team. And so, um from that perspective like it's really positive like just to see that was the big question for us at the start of last season when vinicius was on fire we were like okay this is just the first three months of the season though can he keep this up going and the question the answer has been a resounding yes like this is vinicius's true level and there looks like there could even be some room for him improvement for him to continue to grow Um, So I think that's what's encouraging. And he's runs like he made today. Like those are difference makers. I think we've even seen him start to take some shots um, where he's currently kind of like the Sevilla goal he scored last year. Like he didn't score that goal very often um, last season. And I think I've been noticing he's been taking that shot a little bit, not today, but in some of the earlier games, uh, this La Liga season, he's been taking that shot. So um, he's just been, I mean, I go back through, because I was doing the player ratings today. Uh, Bruce, my player ratings looked at how Vinicius been performing and he's consistently like eight or above and he's consistently like I'm writing every single time. La Liga defenders are having nightmares about him the day after the game because he just torments them. He's relentless. He doesn't stop. He just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And he he has fun out there. Like some of the things he produces, and uh, he's just it just feels like he's getting more and more important for this team. So I'm I'm loving the Vinicius experience.
2: What impressed me too is that he's working really hard defensively. Like he was defending Oscar Hill really well on that flank. He was winning the ball, and uh, his touches. Some of his touches in this game were outrageous. I do think with him, um, there's a certain like. He's, I can't explain it, but I feel like he gets into these shooting positions that and he fires off shots that previously in his career he wouldn't have been able to pull off those shots. Like he gets these ball the balls in tight parameters and he's able to fling off shots when there's like three, four players around him. You're not entirely sure how the ball got through, but he's been able to calibrate in the game and slow the game down at an impressive rate. And it's just getting better with him and it'll get better as he ages, I think. Um But one thing I did want to talk about was the opposite flank and the lack of production thereof. To be quite honest with you, I didn't, maybe you did, I didn't even notice Lucas Vasquez until maybe in the second half. I noticed a little bit that he was doing some things because he was getting involved, winning the ball, making some fouls. And and Fede, it's interesting, all the momentous Fede uh, occasions in this game... We're not really on the right side. He was coming or like remember the the one where he gets the chest bump from uh Alaba in the first half? He's actually on the left side. Yeah, he was Rudiger. Yeah, and, he, he's, yeah, and Ruger, he's actually on the left side covering on that side, on that sequence. And I mean, apart from a couple good ball carrying sequences, which he always has, um, he did not have many things happening on the right side. And then when Rodrigo came in, Rodrigo was overloading the left side and not going right at all. And so that was interesting. And I don't know, do do you think Fetty on the right wing is suited in games like this? Or do you think he's more suited to play on the right in bigger Champions League games?
3: Well, I think he did things that maybe didn't, were like subtle. Because there were, um, so... Remember the opportunity kind of to what you're speaking about Vinicius getting these shots off that he wouldn't normally get off. Remember the opportunity that Vinicius shoots. Uh, he's kind of going in on goal and he hits it almost with like the outside of his foot kind of like tries to chip it yep. early in the first half. Well, that opportunity came from Fede winning the ball really high up the pitch um, and hounding the opposition and then releasing Vinicius in transition. So I feel like it's those types of things that they does that sometimes we don't really notice, but um, make the difference. And I felt like he was, um, I thought he did a really good job. Like I noted a couple times, kind of like he did on the opening goal with the wall pass. Like he just would create good passing angles, and either whether it meant going wide or coming centrally, um, he just created the right outlet for his teammates in order to to find a pass. So. I was actually thinking to myself during this game and I tweeted it out that I didn't think I would like the Fede right wing experience more consistently, especially against, um, like smaller La Liga sides. I thought he would, I thought it would, it would be too much of a defensive effort and we would need somebody who could ch- kind of just do more one V one on the right wing and do, do things more like Rodrigo would. Um, but I'd been surprised at how much I've liked it in these last three games um and how much I actually think he's making that position his own and just kind of when you have Benzema and Vinicius on the opposite flank like you can rely on them for a lot of the offensive impetus and so um with Faye if you get the occasion ball carrying, breaking line seeks, uh win the ball high up the pitch release Benz or Vinny in transition like that type of stuff and I think it it works out but yeah, at the end of the day, you may argue like, hey, we need to get more more production out of him and we need to see him be a little bit more influential in the final third. Like we saw Rodrigo in just twenty minutes. I mean, he was he made a lot of he made a huge impact. But again, the, it was a completely different game state at that at that moment.
2: Yeah, the game state was complete. I, I, I imagine if you bring like Fede on in the second half when the game is open like that to carry the ball forty yards, he's gonna do damage too. But um we need more chest bumps. I, I I think I think you can probably go back and like find data. Like chest bumps are directly correlated to three points, to victories. It hypes everyone up. Like it's the classic Marcelo pounding the chest, Vinicius going to the corner flag, asking the burnabout rise to their feet. You know, we we said this in our scattering report on Rudiger, as great as he is, and his ball progression in, in this game was really impressive too. Like Rudiger hyping up the Bernabeu, I can't wait for our first game in the Bernabeu for the, for that to happen It's crazy to think also, we haven't played in the Bernabeu yet This is three points away from home Nine points, maxed it out And I think we got one more before heading to the Bernabeu And then September, we're basically The next couple months, we're basically living at the Bernabeu and in Madrid Because we got a lot of away games that are like Catafe and, and at the Wanda and stuff like that So um, it'll be nice to be home Uh but quickly on the yeah. uh,
3: on the chest bump thing too like what i loved about that a couple things what a couple of things that i really love so one when fede does that like what could have happened was his teammates kind of ignored it or like maybe i guess but like, ignore you feel like a widow and like nobody goes along with it but instead he runs into Alaba and Rudiger, who only enhance the hype. Like, they just make him feel like an absolute warrior and just kind of elevate him to a whole nother status and say, yes, you're right. Like, that's what we do. That's what we celebrate, just earning a goal kick and, like, defending our goal. And so I love that. And two, this is third game of the season in La Liga against Espanol. Like, that's where they're doing this. This isn't a Clásico. This isn't Champions League knockout run this is what we've called for for half years right I always say oh this team doesn't care about la liga they only get up for the champions league you can't tell me after that after seeing that from fede valverde rudiger and Alaba, that they're not up for this game and that they don't care about la liga so like that's and that's why we love this squad we've been talking about it for the last year year two years now this squad is just no prima donnas no nothing like this. it's just such a you enjoy the squad, you love the squad great group of guys and they had the right attitude and that was just a perfect example of it.
2: The most fun teams and most successful teams that I've ever played on growing up all had one thing in common. we had that we had that you know there were games where we won't we're not the most talented, but the most successful games the most successful seasons we've always had, all of the guys in the locker room, we were best friends and we would lift each other up. We would go crazy over things like this. We would lift each other up. This team has that. So, as you know, Matt, um, my my expertise in pickup footy and uh, and these league games really coming into the fore here on the podcast. But it's, uh, it's special. It's just a continuation of the unity of last season. It's very important. The way we celebrated the third goal, the way we celebrated the second goal, it's... Uh, it's right now. It's it's infectious in our DNA, and this this is what gives us hope, definitely, to retain our title and go back to back. Um, all right. What are we calling the this midfield? Is it because last one was KCM? What's this one? KTM. A couple uh, of people mentioned on Twitter. Take take TKM. You can go. It you can it it rolls off the tongue because you can go. Take quiero mucho. <laughs>
3: what like, we don't uh, have a
2: consensus yet do we I think I like KMT no we don't have a consensus I think I'm going with TKM we'll see I, well, <laughs> a year from now we'll know what, what um, abbreviation prevails anything else from that first half uh, let me look quickly at my notes Alaba um, with a little hat tip to Mendy by crossing into our box in the first half? Yeah. Making sure Mendy's presence was known.
3: Um, You tweeted about it, and I have it in my notes, was the incredible throw from Courtois to release Fede Valverde down the right yep. in transition. Like, that was... We should utilize that more. That was awesome. Um, especially with Fede. like And Vinicius on the opposite side. Like, you have two tailor-made players to just kind of feed that ball to in transition just let them run um and then the only other thing too and this kind of bleeds into the second half as well because he did in the second half for Espanol, uh the other Vinny Vinny Sousa I thought he was going to kill somebody out there like he was hacking left and right surprised he managed that game without getting a red card he was just taking bodies and taking prisoners everywhere he went um and he was just one we had to deal with and I particularly liked when Modric kind of did that little deft outside of the boot touch and uh, earned a foul kind of high up the pitch. But he
2: was somebody we had to deal with today for sure. He somehow only had two fouls in this game. I could have sworn that he could have had like yeah, five. Yeah, I felt like six. he had like five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, you said something there. Oh, man, what was it? Courtois time Courtois, yeah, Courtois. So Courtois had a couple of those in this game and Courtois has been good at that for basically his entire career. His throwing distribution has been much better than his distribution with his feet, although his 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 distribution with his feet has was good today I thought. Um but it's kind of it tinkers on the border of Irrational confidence sometimes where he's just singing vertical passes And today they hit their mark and they were pretty good at from what I remember I, if, if, if there were some bad ones I'm just misremembering, but um, I thought he was I thought he was good Obviously, you know, he, he came up with a couple of big saves They weren't like huge chances and they were kind of at him But still he was reliable in that department and the one the his throw a much more subtle throw But he had one in the second half where he just kind of rolls it to Kamavinga and it was it just reminding me of Manchester City, yeah. the one where it was like the exact same thing. He rolls it in between two players and it falls to Kamavinga on the right who carries the ball. Um, I think we can actually talk about that. The performance of Kamavinga off the bench. Kamavinga and Rodrigo obviously changed the game. And, and again, I, I think to be fair to everyone in the squad almost, I think... Because of the game state, I think almost anyone you throw in changes the game. But certainly, Kamavinga and Rodrigo change the game. And Ancelotti said after the game that when quote when the game is broken, Kamavinga Kamavinga's energy in that situation really makes a difference for us. So, talk to me about Kamavinga's performance off the bench because I thought he was just awesome.
3: Yeah, I think um, I think Carlo also said that like basically as a coach, he has a choice between control or energy. Um and kind of like he talked about earlier in the season, like classic or rock and roll. And he can choose between the two. Or, uh, he can choose between the two. And give me a second. Um, so I'm losing my train of thought. So this so between by choosing between the two, like he has a risk. It it's either goes, it either works for him or it doesn't. And Um, in this situation, like I think the choice was easy because the game was broken. We lost control. Uh and we we talked about how like kind of the last five minutes of the first half, it felt like momentum was starting to shift. It only continued going into the second half. We never regained the control that we thought we were gonna gain. And so once Kamavinga came on and Rodrigo, once they entered that kind of scenario where okay, it's a transition match now, it's chaotic, it's open, like. This is your moment, and I think it's not—it's not so much a risk for Carlo in that situation because it's easy for him to decide what he who he needs to bring on.
2: Yeah. So again, his ball carrying was great. There were a couple moments in transition. Maybe you could be argued that, like, I, I'm not—I'm sh- not sure. Like he, like for example, there was that one sequence. Let me see if I can have it brought up here. What minute? 63rd minute where he carries the ball. Maybe he should have slipped it in sooner and played a through ball or played it, released it sooner, but he kind of ends up passing it behind Benzema, and Benzema still gets a great chance off and it's saved. Um, But he's, yeah, he just, he's immediately, he immediately makes an impact. I mean, around that time where I think it was Derek Ray giving us a shout-out on the broadcast, thanks, thanks, Derek, if you listen to this, appreciate the love, as always. Um, I actually missed that that uh, shout-out because I was actually watching replays of Kamavinga in that moment where he wins the foul and wins us a free kick just kind of on the on the touchline there with these really neat touches, intricate touches. He's nutmegging players. He's He's got a smooth, smooth um, first touch where he opens up his body and kind of sees the floor. And it's, it's just really impressive to see what he can do. Um, and I wanted to know... More about your thoughts on Rodrigo as well because Rodrigo again got to play on the left quite a bit, which is interesting because, um, I would have just assumed he would have been on the right more in this game when he comes in off the bench. But he overloads the left side and he combines with everyone who's over there and the cross to Benzema on the winning goal. I mean, he he kind of served up what Mortar served up to him against Manchester City in that Benzema's finish at the far post, one touch, gets it there just like Rodrigo, or sorry, against Chelsea. And Rodrigo scored that very similar goal to Benzema against Chelsea. But the the cross was beautiful. And what I liked about it was that there was a composure to it. He didn't rush it. He lifted his head and the weight on the ball was perfect. It dipped right on Benzema's foot. Uh, Rodrigo, game changer, Matt. For sure, for sure. I think... uh...
3: That cross was just it was perfection. Like he really he he had eyes only for Benzema and he just nailed it. He nailed it. And I think um all throughout his introduction though, he was really good. And he had he had a combination with Kamavinga on one of Kamavinga's runs up through the middle. Um he was making really good off ball runs. He didn't always get the ball, but he made some great off ball runs. Um, and he like you said, he kind of forced his way over to the left because he wanted more touches. He wanted to be involved more, and so started creating those overloads, and sure enough, it made the difference because Benzema recognized it and then went to the right and took advantage of the back post. And so uh it's just intelligent players feeding off in other intelligent players, and that's what I liked about it. And he unlucky not to get the goal on the uh the disallowed goal with the Ceballos play. Uh, It would have been nice for him to start a season with a goal and an assist, as we're all hoping uh, he can get his production numbers even higher this year. And I just I think it's a real positive start for him in his season. Obviously, he was kind of had a niggle to start the year, so couldn't play these last few matches. But um, good, good positive start from him, I think if he can just get his fitness levels up and be able to contribute more regularly, then yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Rodrigo. I got good feelings about him as, as a Spanish would say, good sensations this year uh, in regards to Rodrigo.
2: The ending of the game was so weird. It was like, you know, first of all, the six minutes, first of all, when Benzema scored, I mean, that was huge. I I, I haven't celebrated that hard a goal since Vinny in Paris, but that was a huge moment in this game. It was a huge moment for the season, I think, when we zoom out and look at it, like that moment in particular. Um, people who hate ReAja must be tearing their hair out. This is we just don't stop leaving it late and coming out with the victory. So that was huge. And then there's six minutes of injury time, which is like, whoa, where did that come from? And then there's the the injury time itself takes like another hour because there's the whole the review, the VAR review of the red card. And it, I mean, it's just a whole strange sequence of events. The, the red card was, I mean, I looked at that. I think it's pretty clear that that was a red card. Um, I'm totally okay with it. I I don't like, we don't have anything to debate there, right?
3: No, no. I mean, so,
2: yeah. So with that out of the way, cause I, I really thought that that was a clear red card. Um, So, in that moment, uh, Lecomte comes off, obviously, because he's red-carded. Espanol in this weird situation, and they haven't made their five subs, but they've used their three allocated time slots, because you can only make them through three different intervals, right? So, you can't actually use all five of your subs at that point. I think there was some confusion over that. And so, they end up uh, putting Cabrera in there, and it's like, Poor guy, you just kind of stand there, like, and what are you supposed to do? Like, because if you're not a goalkeeper, there are some players who can actually maybe go in and try to save that. But I think whoever's taking that free kick, it looked like we were all lined up to take it, and we just kind of knew, like, Hmm. just get this on target, because like, who knows what the hell he's gonna do with the ball if it even gets to to his hands. So, um, well, here's a
3: question for you, Kian.
2: Yeah. Who would you pick?
3: The Real Madrid squad to go and. I know who I would pick. Rudiger. Yeah, that was my answer too. <laughs> Rudiger. Why? Ruediger because, for, because I
2: have zero basis on saying that. I just made it up because yeah, I either. just trust him to out the opponent and then start screaming at yeah. the the player to taking be an the animal. shot. Yeah, to <laughs> get in his head, like to be the psychological bully and, and somehow force like speak the save into existence kind of thing. That's why I chose him. But well, I don't know what the right what answer is if there's someone who actually has played goalkeeper in the past.
3: Yeah. This as well. I just I don't know. I'm it's it's been one game or two games but I'm just loving him. Like he's so locked in and he's just he the intensity that he plays with is unreal. And like even kind of to Carlo's quote about being a pessimistic defender, he's the ultimate pessimistic defender like even when uh espanol played a through ball which nobody was running onto, like it was overhit or something he would sprint as hard as he could and like make sure that nothing happened like he's not any change so and i love that like i love that about him and uh, i thought it was a pretty solid game like obviously no 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 major issues and to have him as one of these guys hey we've got to deal with the narrow threat like let's put on rudiger um really nice to see and so i'm excited to see i'm actually interested to see how his role evolves this year and like whether or not he breaks into the starting 11 and if he does how it happens and i'm just that'll be an interesting narrative for this
2: season what i'm most interested about is i still don't know what the gala 11 is in Ancelotti's eyes i think i i've seen enough to know what most positions are but given the fact that we all feel that Rudiger is a starter, I just want to know who that like. I guess the one we'll really know is probably like we have Celtic in the Champions League, we have Leipzig, and then we have Atlético at the Wanda. Um, who's the one that gets benched? I don't know. the The one that we the one that we know for sure. I think he'll play the Galá 11 without any rotations or rest. Will be Clásico October 16th. Will we see Mendy left back? Will we see Alaba left back? Because to me, Rudiger should be non-negotiable. And whoever gets sidelined as a result of that, that's the problem Ancelotti has to juggle. But to me, Rudiger is non-negotiable. All right, so no, no thoughts on that? I don't know if you had your mic uh, muted. No, no. They're, All no. right, cool. I just kind of left it at you without asking a question. Maybe <laughs> I should have been more fair. Uh <laughs> all right. So uh anything else that we missed from this game? Um
3: did we talk about when Kamavinga like basically danced by uh, I've like, never seen him produce that type of skill before. Like that was awesome to see. Um that in that moment he definitely reminded me of a young Sadorf and like just he looked that that wasn't some incredible piece of skill and just the confidence and charisma he's playing
2: with right now is is fun to watch. People, like, I think there are some people who might get annoyed with the Sadorf comparisons because they have similar hair and similar height. But it's I'm telling bounce. you, like, it's they literally they, are yeah. the exact same player. I'm yeah. not kidding. They're, they're stylistic. Everything, it, the bounce, it's it's the same. And so... <laughs> Yeah, those touches were were. I mean, I think he's just getting more confident on the ball. Like he's just yeah. becoming more reliable. Yeah. He's becoming. He's becoming Kamavinga basically, and yeah. um, well, his he's going to hit his ceiling. I think he's, This is just a gradual process, but he looks really confident on the ball. And I and I and today, by the way, I thought despite there being maybe some positional chemistry issues still lingering with Choumny, I also thought we saw the France version of Choumny tonight. Yeah, I agree. In terms of confidence, I, I really like body Chiu-Meni. language yeah
3: and um, i thought interesting uh how quickly Carlo acted tonight
2: who and you i want to him. give him
3: credit there uh how quickly carlo Ancelotti acted tonight
2: mm.
3: because and i want to give him credit there because he made those substitutions in the 55th minute like he had Kamavinga and uh rodrigo ready and um he saw that the game was like starting to get away from us, was getting chaotic. Like nothing had changed from the last five minutes of the first and He's like, you know what? I'm not gonna wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw these guys on. And I thought, right, he's, uh, brought the marathon was like tired and he didn't wait, he took him out. And same thing with the Carvajal sub. Like Lucas Vasquez looked exhausted because he was running back up and down. And so um,
2: I just I think Carlo got it
3: spot on with the substitutions tonight.
2: A lot has been made, obviously, that we didn't use all five of our subs and Asensio and Hazard did not come in. Um, Any thoughts on that? Because to me, I don't even know where Asensio and Hazard help in a game like this anyway. Like, what are you going to do? Take off Benzema and Vinicius? No. Not when you need a goal that late. So, any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't... This is... The reality, like Asensio, who knows what happens. We'll see end of this week if if he ends up leaving. Um but if he does stay, I wouldn't be surprised if he was higher in the pecking order than even Hazard. I, I think, think I
2: think he will be if, if yeah. he
3: say, yeah. And but like to your point, there was no one to take off in this situation. Like who are you gonna take out? Um we're not you don't take out Kareem Benzema, you don't take out Vinicius Jr. And like you and you saw <laughs> And like this is where hazard sits in the pecking order same with Asensio like the other guys that came on are ahead of it, them and uh and rightly so
2: and so it's just kind of the reality of the situation right now um anything else I think we we, we exhausted it but I always like to leave room and I'm going to scan my quick notes while you answer but is there anything else we missed no, that
3: Ancelotti point was the other, the only other thing in my notes, so I think I'm good, unless you got something.
2: Um, quick scan. I don't think so. I always miss something, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I did want to quickly ask your thoughts about this, because this kind of happened around the same time. I don't know, maybe slightly before kickoff or something, but Regulon going to Atletico. Did you see that?
3: Yeah, I hate it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Just because of like everything, like Reguilon was like the passion guy and he was the guy who felt the colors of the shirt and everything. And so for him to go to Atleti, I mean, ugh, it's so disappointing. And I saw someone tweet out uh, this morning that Atleti now have more <laughs> Real madrid Cantera players playing for them. We, we don't know if it's accurate.
2: Yeah, I mean... It- Thinking back also to Regulon's games with Real Madrid under Solari against against Atletico in the Wanda, where he was barking at Jiménez and Godin, and then in Clasicos later with Luis Suarez and Alba. Um but you know it's it's one of those things like he's in a weird spot, man. Like he's not playing at Tottenham. Atletico are losing Lodi for the year. So the spot opens up for him. I kind of get it. It's back in Madrid. It's tough to be a professional player, I think, man. You can't be too... You can't be too picky unless you're literally a superstar who gets to choose where they go. I think it's it's a hard life, man. I wouldn't want to be in that position necessarily. I would just rather...
3: Yeah, I just I guess like when he interviews like I would rather he be honest though like and I guess I know you don't want to put the fans like your new fans against you but I think I feel like you have to have some sort of transparency like everybody knows that you're a Real Madrid fan. So like, hey, I'm going to work for these colors and be as professional as possible. It's true that I've always loved Real Madrid or something like along those lines, but like I feel like people can see through the the bs and it's just i don't know i don't that's where it kind of bothers me
2: yeah it's a it's a tough pill to swallow man loan tracker we've lost two two loan tracker uh alumni to atletico now him and marcos llorente it's uh it's unfortunate but you know hey life goes on um too bad so sad hopefully uh yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird uh, seeing that because the regulon again, was a bit of a poster boy when it comes to Maradismo and all that stuff. But as was Marcos Llorente. And uh, all of a sudden, these guys going to Atlético, they get to stay in Madrid and, and get to play football and possibly even work their way into the Spanish national team. Who knows? All right, Matt, uh, we're going to end it here. Listeners, stick around for part two. Chris and Ruben are going to talk about Castilla. That's going to be a fun one to listen to because Castilla – And Sergio Arribas were were a big story this weekend. Matt and I also both had pieces on them on managingmadrid.com after the Castilla game yesterday. So go check that out. Stick around for part two. And then Matt and I will be back on Tuesday on patreon.com slash managingmadrid to talk about everything Real Madrid related, including the players on loan and stuff like that. We are also planning to do a Figo Doc reaction podcast, hopefully next weekend. So we'll keep you updated lucas and i will also be back for free tomorrow to talk about things El día después. so yeah it's full slate and oh oh, wednesday we got a special guest as well and i guess i'll just uh, leave it uh for you guys to be surprised but that's another podcast coming wednesday so yeah thanks for uh tuning in guys i appreciate your support and matt thank you as always it was a pleasure take care buddy thank you thanks again all right, before we send you guys off to part two with the excellent Castilla Corner, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing who do so much to support the show. As you guys know by now, if you are a patron, you get a ton of bonus rewards, including a ton of bonus content that is exclusively only for patrons. And we wanted to give a specific shout out to our $10 plus patrons, because if you pledge $10 or more, you get a specific shout out on the podcast in addition to getting guaranteed responses to your questions. So shout out to these 10 dollar plus 10 dollar plus patrons as follows uh, brandon alvarez uh, willie reed will Sousa, way Pering, wamik jamal umar mahadi tyler simon tobias arroyo botcher tarek goktas talib salhab tahmid kalam sujai Sumanchu singh shivam tiwari sherry soriel Sheikh atiri shamil shabazz sharapov Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorzano Samuli Justin, Samir Z, Said Mahad, Sai Mohan Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Dafari, Oscar Barrera Nico Laxo, Nicholas Zapatero Zubiare, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Massariego, Muxith Thengal, Mowgli, uh, MJ Diego. Michael Zinberg, Maron Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Saucement, Daniel Williams, Khan P. Christian top Krishna Costa, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Armand Gashi, Armando L Antons Rudenko, Anirud Singh, Ananya Kumar, Alexis Saniceros, Al, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adarza Lukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Ramtin Magrur, Fabian Moreno and Daniel Smith. you guys are all legends. Thank you so much for your support. We love you all. Hala Marid and here is part two. Hello and welcome back to another Castilla Corner.
4: It's I, Christopher, and my friend Reuben on the line today to talk about a disappointing draw against Lennas. L- 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 had
1: Linense, L- L- I think.
4: Yeah, I nailed it like a couple of minutes ago, or felt like I nailed it a couple of <laughs> minutes ago. And um now I've lost it. But one way or another, two two draw. It was it was disappointing, and we're going to discuss Thanks. that today. <sighs>
1: I gotta admit that I'm not sure if this uh, says a lot about my interest of other teams in this league, but I watched the whole game and I think it said RBL in this, you know, with where the goals is, and I I didn't even bother to check what their team name was. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought, okay, this is a team we're playing. So every time I
4: see RB in football now, I just presume it's Red Bull.
1: Mm,
4: yeah. Even if, I don't
1: think this is a Red Bull club. Yeah,
4: I mean it'd be pretty it'd be pretty weird if Red Bull had a team in the third division, but I don't know. It's in my head now so I can't get rid of it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Real Balompedica Linense. Yeah. Very nice. From Andalusia. So yeah, anyway.
4: <laughs> yeah, um I think there's been a bit. Uh, there seems to have been enough discussion online about the game. Plenty of people were watching. I think that was probably helped by the fact that we did at last get a broadcaster that seemed to have their shit together.
1: Yes, that's. Uh, it's good that you brought it up. I think we should mention them so that people know where to watch. Um, yeah. So can you say? Uh, I don't have it up now. It's in. Instat,
4: Instat TV. Yeah. In t-
1: dot TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and we have high hopes for them after uh, suffering a little bit over the last couple of seasons.
4: <laughs> the footers the footers there will not be remembered fondly,
1: yeah, but are are, are we sure that this is now solved it's clear. we know where it, is this where it's going to be
4: um, dreamed? I will never I'll never like put my fist down and say this is this is it i'm putting I'm planting my flag on this, but for now, this is where it seems to be.
1: Um, it just, it just because it's just so that people know, uh, it seems that you can just register for free and then yeah. you can watch. And even they even have for those of you who have tried Scouts, which is um, like a scouting program which is paid for, you can do some similar stuff. You can actually just okay now I want to watch just Aribas's touches, and and you will get it. You can we'll get it for all the players, which it seems. Too, big, too good to be true this is for free.
4: Yeah, I didn't actually know you could do that. That's pretty cool. Mm. Mm. Um, I know you can watch games that have finished. You can watch the replays of them online as well. Mm. Just on demand, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Kind of like when Real Madrid TV had it on Twitch.
1: But but um, uh, that's also also something I want to mention. I think Real Madrid TV will stream... Or at least show the home games i don't think they will show it on twitch at least they didn't yesterday as far as i know and also i was i don't know how you say geo blocked geo blocked
4: yeah yeah i had the um, same problems
1: yeah so even though i tried with VPN and everything it's uh, it seems like instat is the place to go but yeah if but- you- if you're watching Spain, I think you can maybe watch the home games from. Real know, this is it. I
4: I have a recollection of on a handful of trips to Spain where I tried to watch Castilla games and I've been geo blocked in Spain. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you might have to be in Real Madrid city to watch some of the games. That's what it means by oh. geo <laughs> Okay,
0: that's.
4: You've got to be standing outside. So, so it's very me, exclusive. But... Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. The Instat seems pretty cool. Uh, I will link it somewhere, maybe on Twitter or I'll link it on the show notes so people know where to go. Um, They have offices in Limerick, apparently, in Ireland, which is pretty cool.
0: Mm.
4: Naturally, us Irish people have a great interest in the third division of Spanish football. So (laughs) only natural that we would have the airing rights to it as well. Uh, Yeah. But yes, first game of the season kicked off last night. Two-two. It was uh, not short of goals, but I would say it's a poor result for Castilla. Kind of say it, new season, same old Castilla, in my opinion. Yeah, it is.
1: It is some decent um, play, but uh, ends in um, typical Castilla way.
4: Yeah, there's actually I would I'd have to get the starting eleven up, but for me, there's actually not a lot of players that you could say had a bad game. Mm. I can think I like if I'm thinking standout performances, I'm thinking more so the guys who impressed me, obviously. Uh, yes. Aribas had a great game, as you would expect. Mm. Uh, Alvaro Rodriguez scored a goal and it was yes. a really good goal. The opener uh, from a corner, which was mm. it was actually I thought it was very well taken. He, he wasn't favorite, kind of jumped up at the. Near post to the corner and finished in the far corner, which was really, really well taken.
1: It was a difficult header, and it was also a very good uh, corner from from Peter. Yeah. Mm. And uh, you know, Alvaro still very young, but he he shows how dominant he can be even at his young age and at this level. Which we we always talk about the how physical this league is, uh, but still, as a teenager, he he manages to. To win yeah. the headers and you know the duels, so it looks very promising.
4: I think they only picked him up like last season or the year before for the under 19s as well. He's quite a recent mm. player to
1: join the club. Mm. Uh, and this is why you should never really uh, draw conclusions too early when it comes to you know either way, if, you know if it's good or bad. The players can disappoint, but they can also suddenly improve, and he's uh, a good example of someone. I don't think he's someone who's been talked about almost at all by the fans. No. And suddenly he's... No. Um, uh, you know, We have to talk about later. La has gone and then suddenly Alvaro now is a yeah. key player for us.
4: He was on the bench today for Getafe uh, against mm. the URL. I don't know if he played any minutes, but he was on the bench as far as I'm aware.
1: Mm. So, so if uh, Real Madrid gets some injuries in the front line, let's say Asensio also leaves... And we usually do get some injuries. It's interesting to consider who will be the first ones to, to get the yeah. chance yeah. for
4: the first team. And uh, yeah, he was at the game yesterday. Uh, mm, yes. I, you know, common sense would dictate that it would be a rebass, but I don't know. Common sense would he dictate. He was
1: also, um, he has been at the game, uh, Di Stefano earlier. He was actually there the last time I was um in madrid last uh what was it march or something yeah and uh you would i think many people are saying oh he might ma- he watched ariba score a great goal he had a good game surely this will help but ancelotti has been at this stefano earlier and he he surely knows yeah uh, um, Arribas from before
4: yeah and zidane has been there I, mean, I think i think every man i think the manager has like a the senior team manager has a boot in the the staff know where yeah. they can go and watch the games. So I don't know if it really mm. affects their decision making.
1: I don't know, but it's it's good that he he's there at least. It shows that he he at least has some interest. But the big question, which I think, you know, it's almost like um, I'm not gonna say it's negative for for the fans when Arribas does does well, but it seems like the better he plays, the more frustrated people get. Because he still plays at this level, which is, of course, you can you can see throughout the whole game that he he's just he's just
4: yeah yeah he's two or three he's he's always seems to be like two or three steps ahead of the player that he's coming against. I think probably we're jumping forward a bit here, but his his goal, the uh, second goal that put Mm. Castilla two one up, uh, the start yeah the start of that move was just stunning. reminds me of a little of what essential the stuff that essential used to do that got us all excited about him in the first mm. place
1: mm. and the finish and the you know the, the second to last touch i mean it, it, the whole goal it's uh, he's just brilliant and and this is what i like the most about him he's not just a dribbler someone who can do some flicks and tricks he scores goals he provides assists he he's just a very very promising player yeah. and someone who And and let's not... I I just want to say something about uh, Real Madrid's decision to keep him. Let's not think that Real Madrid, for some reason, do not believe that he's ready for a bigger challenge. They know he's ready. He's been ready for maybe since... ever since he finished his first season with Castilla. But if Real Madrid want to get Castilla promoted, you have to make some tough decisions. And you can agree or disagree, but if you let all of the best players go from Castilla, getting promoted is, is almost mm. impossible. And okay, you could disagree and say that, we, but it's still not worth it. You We are wasting a great talents. Could be, but at least we have to look at Real Madrid have made a purposeful decision here.
4: Yeah, well, I don't know. I'd always prefer him to play than being washed up on some first division bench for a season which is what our yeah. which is, is I mean I don't think it's unreasonable to say that's the other option
1: Yeah I mean who knows what could have happened with him at another club we've yeah. seen a lot of players uh, being uh, brilliant at Castilla and then going to another club and not even getting into the to the squad but yeah I, I just uh, I just hope this will be uh, you mentioned the lineup should we just quickly go through the lineup we don't usually do that but uh we have a strong team this season, don't you agree?
4: Yeah, and it's it's all flipped up as compared to last year, where we kept a lot of the old faces. It's a lot of change, and um, even
0: mm.
4: even for more than I thought there was, because there's a lot of names missing since I mm. last checked. So it might mm. be smart, I have to find it. So first. it's
1: yeah. So it's uh, Lucas Canizares in goal. He he has seemed to take the. Is he our first goalkeeper now? You think?
4: Uh, it seems so. I wasn't He made like a massive error for the yeah. equalizer, yeah, and he probably could have conceded another one in a similar fashion not long after mm. uh, in the second half. Um, he, he reminded Cassius used to do that as well. Casillas was always a big yeah. fan of like parrying a, cross, a low cross rather than catching it, and he always mm. like most of the time he was fast enough to get up and block the second the follow-up if he needed to. But like, there's, I don't understand why you have to put yourself under that sort of pressure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he has been showing good signs in preseason, but this was not a good start for yeah. from him um, for well, sure. Well, I mean,
4: yeah. I, I'm obviously Lucas Sedan did take the biscuit for mistakes a couple of years ago, but I mean, all yeah. every Castilla goalkeeper has a just a boneheaded error in them. It's the nature of their they're very young. Yeah. They're very young players, and usually, if a goalkeeper makes a mistake, they get punished for it. So um, also,
1: um, also very similar to Lucas Irán, uh, Canizaro is a goalkeeper who is comfortable passing the ball out from the back. So uh, I think this is something Raúl likes, and
0: uh, yeah, for sure.
1: Seems they they play pretty risky at times, but it mostly works. Yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely. Um, And apart from the two mistakes, uh, he was fine, (laughs) but at the end of the day, the two mistakes cost us one goal and could have cost us another, you know? Yeah. So,
1: uh, um, also in the backline, I think it's a very strong backline. Um, Vinicius Tobias, Rafa Marin, Pablo Ramon, Obrador, um, Pablo Ramon getting a start is also good news for him. He was uh, yeah, that was,
4: his, he, was not, he didn't like wow. Clear. I thought he was pretty good actually, Pablo Ramon. It was his, one of his better games in a long time. Mm, mm. Obrador was excellent. I really enjoyed watching him. Uh, I think he was playing. He was a uh, right back, and Tobias was left. Mm. Uh, definitely the more adventurous right full uh, fullback compared to Tobias, but linked up really nicely. On that wing and had a, especially in the first half i thought he had some good touches and uh i mean his kind of the end product in terms of a cross was kind of hit or miss but he's certainly going in the right direction in terms of what you want from a real madrid fullback.
1: Mm, you're talking about obrador now right yeah 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 because vinicius tobias also did some some good stuff it was a pretty good game i think from him and uh yeah. Still, still, we got to remember that we actually have a a buying option from on him for like 18 million or something. So he should have a very good season uh, for us to to trigger that one. But um, I was unaware
4: yeah. that we hadn't already bought him.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird deal because I'm not sure if you more, know more about this than I do. But so he came from Shakhtar in Ukraine.
4: Oh, uh, yes, I remember. Yeah, 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 I remember.
1: And and I thought that all of the players were released. Um, And ma- the, what I've, you know, been thinking that maybe Real Madrid didn't want to, like, steal a player from a club which is uh, hit by war. <laughs> so they mm. have loaned him for 18 months, I think. And then they have a buy option for yeah. $18 million. and it,
4: um, it probably does us more... Ju- that description probably does us more justice than <laughs> the reality. Because, I mean, even, like, one way or another, we did kind of hijack the deal. Because he was going how? to Shakhtar... Well, he was going to Shakhtar before the... Because I, I remember having to do a write-up on this. What changed was that he... the Lee got suspended. Um, and he filed to kind of change his deal so he could play and Real Madrid essentially jumped on board and was like we'll let him play at our club so Uh, he was able he was able to get rights to play for us through
1: that um uh, okay because i i wasn't aware that it says that he moved from Internacional to Shakhtar in January and we bought him in April yeah so i wasn't uh, i wasn't aware of that
4: yeah um it it is kind of wrapped up in the war on ukraine though which
1: okay yeah I'm i was sure. just guessing it's good that you cleared, the, cleared it up but yeah yeah what i see is that they paid six million for him and we then have the triple of that uh, as a buying option so um well yeah, let's see he, at, at least we have him
4: he has a he's got a big well whenever the trigger option is oh i don't know if it'll be the winter move or winter transfer window or the summer one but he certainly has to put in quite a season to justify 18 million
1: yeah yeah i think that's uh quite unrealistic i don't think it's likely i think what's um what's positive for him is that um we don't have the best uh, alternatives to Carvajal. So if he does impress and it looks like, okay, well, at least he's a promising player and he has an upside. We can sell him maybe for more money in the future. Maybe Real Madrid will do it, but I agree. It will take a lot for Real Madrid to basically buy, you know, a player from Castilla's division for 18 million. That's pretty much what you do. Um, Of course, he's proven himself... Yes, have been playing in brazil as well but yeah that's pretty much what they would have to do
4: yeah um who else was playing
1: so vr and Dotor in central midfield um let's just finish the lineup so that we <laughs> we don't forget um it was can you start us in goal tobias so rafa marine Paulo marmon and the uh, obrador at back centrally uh, the deep lying midfielders Dotor and vr and then you have Peter Aribas Alvaro as a striker, and also Bruno Iglesias, who was uh, that was the surprise, I think, to see him starting on the left.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, probably overdue because he's had a he had a he's been pretty solid for more than four or five years at Ute level. Yeah. Um, if I recall correctly, he had a chance to score in the first half as well, didn't he? Hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was pretty quiet. It wasn't his that best though. game, but um, yeah.
1: but he was um, he was doing a lot of stuff right at least.
4: Yeah, it's um, I mean, it was good for a debut. I think it was all right. Yeah. Uh, probably he'd be yeah. disappointed with the result though, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> well, it's just typical Castilla. And uh, for those who don't know, we of course conceded in the 92nd minute from a set piece from a corner. <laughs>
4: Yeah, we've been doing that for so, about three or four years. Everyone just falls asleep and boom, header, yeah, corner, bottom yeah. corner. We could have conceded. I mean, so, we we gave enough chances away to probably lose the game. Mm. Uh, but it's it's just a case of you know, if we didn't make such silly mistakes, we would have won it. We could have. Yeah. Easily won it.
1: Yeah, and that's maybe where the lack of experience comes in. But uh, um. Let's hope it's not something that will happen regularly. Yeah. I don't the season, know
0: that.
4: But... Yeah, obviously, Cannizar's mistake on the first goal, mm. uh, parrying it out into the path of an attacker, that's an individual mistake. But, I mean, the mm. corner thing has been a problem for three, four years. Mm. Uh, on and and off. I think
1: we just saw the replay quickly, and we, we think it, it's it's uh, Vinicius Tobias who loses this. Man, uh, but it was so many things happening inside the area, so it's, it's difficult to say for sure. But um, yeah, it's just a typical for Castilla, um, and uh, so close to a great start. I think the team would have needed a, a good start, but we've had a good preseason at least, some good results against uh, good opponents. I hope that the players have confidence, and um, as I said, I, I like the team a lot, and um, you know, it could also it could still be some more signings as well. So. Yeah, a lot of things to be optimistic about.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think like going forward, I'm first game of the season, so you, there's you know it's not like it's wrapped up yet. But I think going forward, so it's like um, Linense, Linares, I've forgotten again, whatever, or BL. It was, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <Linense. laughs>
4: Uh We need to be beating those teams. If we want to be in the promotion race. Mm, yeah. Um, we will
1: have to be without Dottor the next game because he he got a very I think it was a very soft red card his second yellow I think towards the end. Yeah, the and, referee
4: had uh, a dodgy game because he gave mm, like yeah. he gave away a penalty as well that just I don't know like for third division standards was pretty soft as mm. well.
1: Mm. And that was also actually Dottor uh, creating that penalty uh, conceding the penalty which they missed so Linense missed that one. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, it the was Tor, a as well. The,
4: yeah, <laughs> he went for the top
1: corner that, and he got the top yeah, corner. At the yeah, yeah, that was an awful, awful penalty. <laughs> but um, I think that's when the Tor got his first yellow and then his second yellow. Uh, right towards the end, before the final whistle. So and he's uh, he seems to be our captain this uh, season. So um, yeah, Raúl trusts him a lot.
4: Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, he's one of the more experienced players as well. Mm. up there i think outside of aribas who I, don't, I like my line on it would be whether he's been kept for the first team but what, what exactly needs to happen for that to ha- for him to be in the first team is another question entirely whereas yeah, dotor yeah. star are probably not really going to look at first team football no. barring barring some sort of natural disaster <laughs>
1: That would uh, if Dottor ends up getting regular minutes for the first team, something very bad would have. Happened. Yeah, something it's
4: something's had yeah. to gone wrong for that to happen. Yeah. No offense to Dottor, but yeah, so it makes sense to give him the captain's armband. Um, I mean, like I I will have to look at this properly, but there must be a lot of these guys who are coming close to that 100 cap mark.
1: No, it's you know the the Fidalgo got the famous 99. So yeah.
4: And I don't think, like, I think the top appearance maker for Castilla is probably from, like, before it was, even, like, on the early days of when it was a feeder club for us. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um,
4: when it was
1: almost not a part of... Yeah, when it was almost all, yeah. a
4: team in and in it of itself. Um, mm. So I'd have to look into it. But are, these guys playing for Castilla for as long as they have, like, I think Dotor must be coming into his third or fourth year with the team.
0: Mm.
1: Mm.
4: It's, it's pretty crazy.
1: Um yeah and also Raul will uh, that's also an interesting one. How many games has you know the manager with the most games? Raul uh, is well, heading into his fourth well. season now, so
4: yeah, it's four years, With this is his fourth year. So he's played mm. sixty-one games. Mm. That's a lot. Sixty one
1: games also so you know was the manager when Juvenila won the youth league, so he's now becoming a very well I'd say he's had his impact uh, at our academy for sure.
4: Definitely, yeah. Um I don't know, like I am worried that he's overstayed his cycle. Mm. Um but we'll see, you know, it's early days still this year, so it might it might work out. But I think some of the things we saw last year were a lot of malaise and um I don't know. I do you think he, for his own development, I think he probably would have liked to have found a new place or found a new challenge.
1: At least it's uh, less dangerous for a manager to to wait. Than well, in
4: a, yeah, in a team like this, it's probably less dangerous because the turnover so extreme mm. from year to year.
1: Mm, yeah. Um. We we it seems like we have signed a player. Uh, player we we talked about in the last pod, Iker Bravo, and um, I didn't see Raul's press conference, but it seems like he confirmed it at the press conference that Iker Bravo will arrive, and uh, so that could mean that um, this was maybe (laughs) the end for Alvaro as our starting striker. Uh, Who knows? I think Iker Bravo could play in other positions, but we do have very good options now in in attack. Yeah, we also brought on, time. yeah, we also brought on uh, Leva at the left for Bruno Iglesias, and uh, he's also a very promising signing. So, oh, I I, I do have high hopes for this season. It would yeah. be a dis- disappointment if we we don't make it.
4: But I think like we've got we've always been very good at having like um, a third division standard defense. Over the last decade or so mm. I think there's never been in, There's rarely been an issue Where you would say That our defence has been subpar It's always been the goals That have been the issue mm. And I don't know Like if Bring in Iker Bravo Who has I think He has scored In the Bundesliga So mm. If he can do that He's well capable of doing it In the third division
1: Yeah I don't, I don't see many weaknesses um, in Alvaro, looked, if we bring yeah. in. Mm.
4: Alvaro looked strong in his first game. Maribas, you'd mm. expect him to challenge for double digits this year. Mm. Um, yeah, for sure. It's um
1: so we have we have strong players, we have a strong defense, strong uh, front line. Um we have continuity with the same coach. We have a good coach in a role. and, and um the question I have is um are we overrating them a little bit or are they actually as good as we are saying now um, and also we have to remember that the division is is quite tough after them yeah the what they did with the changing the teams and everything
4: yeah i mean i don't know we were quite high on them last year as well and they didn't live up to mm. expectation i think it can be mm. in this division it can be high it can be hard to play to your ceiling um Even maybe, even in general, for a U team, it's hard to play to your ceiling because you have a lot of players that are just not there yet. But I don't Mm. know, I think it's a really good group, it's a good mix. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, hopefully, it'll turn out like we think it might, but uh, yeah, don't hold it Um, against us if it doesn't.
1: No, (laughs) do do you know? uh, Oh, forgot to mention Noel Lopez, who also uh, was signed this summer, another attacking player so we will have a lot of a lot of options yeah and he didn't uh, but, even make an appearance yesterday yeah like the fact I'm he played sure. really well
4: during preseason.
1: he didn't even come on so the bench was uh mario de luis alcazar left back alex Jiménez, right back manuel angel theo uh, central midfield alvaro martin same leiva aranda and noah lopez so yeah strong players on the bench as well and then Mm, we're bringing in Iker Bravo. Do you know Iker uh, Bravo seems to be seems to be some trouble registering him, or you know, getting. It seems like FIFA consider him as uh, under 19, under 18 signing or something. Do you know anything about this? That
4: no, it's the first time I'm hearing of it.
1: Okay, so I think uh, yeah, I think he, he they have some trouble registering. Um, So, at least he's not allowed to train uh, until he has the authorization from FIFA, and he's considered a player under 18, um, and he comes from another country, but he's Spanish, no? so it's a very weird situation.
4: Yeah, I don't, like, it's probably just the bureaucracy. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Bureaucratic wheels at play. Um, hopefully it'll sort itself out. There's not a huge amount of time mm. though, so you'd prefer just these things to um be smooth rather than having all these other all weird paperwork issues.
1: yeah, he was actually he has actually just been a bi-level person player for one year, and do you know where he came from do you uh, know <sighs> Barcelona <laughs>
4: yeah. I was gonna get new. It was either yeah. Barcelona or Atletico like Madrid. Um, yeah,
1: he was 11 years at Barcelona. 11 years.
4: You better forget those years pretty quick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's um, people are very divided. I think when it comes to signing players who uh, either directly or indirectly from Barcelona or Atletico, because yeah, I've seen some
4: but, I, I've seen some conflict over the idea that Atleti might be signing uh, Sergio Reguilon.
1: What do you think about that move? Um, it seems like he's going to Atletico. Oh, he ha! Yeah, it's. I think Robertio it's pretty. Romano close.
4: Is, says it's confirmed. So usually yeah. he he scores the tap-ins with those sort of trying transfers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I I kind of he kind of fell off the map for me when he went to Tottenham. Mm. Um, it's a loan deal with no buy option.
1: Yeah, but it's still just t- seeing him in the that jersey it's it's it's
4: it's becoming less weird now because we seem to be doing it a lot but uh, yeah I mean he was he was pretty hard done by not to have been able to get some sort of spot in the team after uh, Solari Mm. Uh, I mean he was one of the few bright spots from that year and then Zidane just I don't know Zidane just never really Mm. considered him as an option uh, yeah, because
1: Sedan came back and I remember just him, he, he put Reguilon out of the team immediately, started playing Marcelo, getting him and Isco back to fitness and yeah, and then it was just straight blandies. out. And yeah, 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 and we got a lot of money for him. So it, I think in hindsight it was a good sale, but uh, I thought I would have more emotions about him going to Atletico because I think um, Reguilon, he was like a... Lifelong Real Madrid fan. He, I think a lot of people have seen the picture of him. Uh, he was at, he was uh, during the um, La Desma game. It was actually a guest go then. So
4: yeah, I remember. Uh, but him I'm, like- I'm not
1: sure if which stadium. But there's a picture of him. I think holding a Real Madrid flag, and you can see he's younger, and you can see he's he's been a Real Madrid fan for a long time. So I thought I would have more emotions about this, but uh, I think as you say, his spell at Tottenham. Hasn't been that good, so it doesn't seem like we are losing that great of a player.
4: Uh, no, I, I yeah, I think um, in terms of for him individually, he probably would have preferred that he had stayed in Madrid and been able to continue his momentum than having to uproot mm. and try and start over at Tottenham.
0: Uh, and
1: also, also it's wrong of me to say that we're losing him. He's just, as you said, he's going alone. And Real Madrid, as far as I know, still can buy him back for for like forty million or something. But that's a uh, crazy fee. So um, yeah, I think Real Madrid uh, will never even consider that.
4: Yeah, and I think our our left back spot now is pretty good because of how we've shuffled the defense. Um, with, uh, Alaba, Rudiger, probably, you mean? <laughs> yeah, Alaba Rudiger. Nacho, all come, all in the mix. It's a uh, pretty yeah. packed. So forty million would be a lot to invest in a position we probably don't need to. Yeah, it's not force. happening. Yeah, not uh, happening. Yeah, no, don't no, don't no. talk to me about Rudiger playing at left back. So <laughs>
1: it's so
4: frustrating.
1: Oh, uh, I agree, I agree. That was just surreal to watch him yeah. play the first game, and
4: yeah. <laughs> and everyone was calling him washed because he was playing out of position. <laughs> they did already. Yeah, I saw it.
1: Uh. <laughs> Didn't you tweet out something about Weger?
4: Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I I know. T- I, yeah. I, I'll, I, I don't know. My I missed the ve- Salvego game last weekend, but I did tweet out uh, when David Alaba scored that free kick against Almeria to get the chairs out, and that uh, it went yeah. well. <laughs>
1: um, but I think I, I, maybe I'm. Uh, messing this up now, but I think Kian mentioned in a previous pod that you had tweeted something about Rudiger during the preseason and then you deleted it. Is that correct?
4: I, I genuinely can't remember.
1: Just, I think it was something about uh, it's a terrorist move to play Rudiger. At <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did tweet that. And <laughs> I was like, oh,
4: I don't know how people will feel about the use of terrorist in that term, so I might delete <laughs> it. I did tweet that. Yeah. I'd forgotten.
1: Yeah.
4: It is, a, but it is true. <laughs> and
1: yeah it's a it's a good one but um yeah it's um
4: yeah i don't know i've never able to i'm never kind of able to properly judge how people feel about different things so if i if mm. i have doubts in my head i'll just be like i'll err on the side of caution
1: yeah
4: <laughs> but yeah but i like i, did, it. I, I
1: also that. like that you you deleted it it also made it almost did, made it even better that yeah
4: absolutely <laughs> the real Castilla Corner followers know about that one (laughs) yeah okay
1: so um, uh, what's the next game then? I can't remember let's do a quick uh, check here so Castilla in the second round uh, will uh, be playing uh, Racing Club Ferrol and that's the 4th of September that's actually mm-hmm. difficult. That's a difficult little start to the year, actually,
4: isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know you know it's not good when you recognize some of the teams from the Copa del Rey. Mm. Yeah, mm. exactly. We're playing Salamanca as well. Seems like they have... Is it
1: Gasaniga in goal? Gasaniga.
4: you know him from Tottenham? Or, yeah, and Southampton as well. In the... No, that's not him. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that's not it. <him. laughs> Kiko Castilla is playing for Getafe now.
1: Okay, <laughs> this is my great knowledge. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should get we, we this, also... this is where
4: Samos comes in handy because he always knows like weird facts about players that play for just random ass teams and.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You okay. know, he. Yeah.
4: He'd be able to tell you like a Castilla player that's playing in Bulgaria or something like that.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I was just uh, Googling Rusting Deferral, and uh, I got up a list of some some of the players, and I was thinking, yeah, maybe Google have sorted the most famous ones at the top, and wow, did they somehow manage to sign this player? But no, it was uh, the wrong one, so.
4: (laughs) It would have been an interesting move.
1: Yeah. We are, uh, you know, Continuing about the the tough start, we're also playing Unionistas to Salamanca, and then your favorite San Sebastian de los. And away
4: as well. I hate their stadium. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not a stadium, stadium, it's stadium. It's an
4: athletics the... field.
1: Mm, yeah. Everything yeah, yeah. is bad about it. Yeah.
4: What is it with San Sebastian clubs and like running tracks around the rim of the uh rim of the I stadium? Because um, the Anahueta had one as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Where's
4: and Almeria has one as well. Where are they based? They're based. They're not based near. Um. They're based in the south, aren't
1: they? Yeah. Maybe it's just. Is a, it, isn't it um, uh, close to south um, east or something?
4: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's in Andalusia. I. Th- I don't know. It's a very strange phenomenon. Because <laughs> even Ireland, yeah. if there's a football stadium is a football stadium. We don't have running tracks around the edges of these stadiums. It's very strange. Isn't it
1: just this? Isn't it just sign of them doing more stuff than just football? Yeah. Maybe I don't know.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but
1: I'm not sure if they usually use those tracks. Do, do you know if that's? I uh, don't.
4: I don't know any famous Spanish runners. The only thing I can associate with Spain and clay is Rafa Nadal. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I agree. It's uh, it's not good for the atmosphere. The only thing is that you can get some good celebrations. Um, for example, Cavani when he was at Napoli used to jump over the fence and run. Towards yeah, the fence. that was a great thing. That is season.
4: true. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. is true. But
1: that's the only positive. That I don't. I think the the best is you know the closer to the pitch the fans are, the better. It's a. Uh,
0: I yeah, completely you know, agree.
1: Yeah, Highbury, for example.
4: Yeah. Um what is it the Bayekas as well uh, Bayekas is great because it's a tiny it's a real it's a small stadium so even when you're up in, I was in the kind of it's a tiny stadium so nosebleed probably doesn't do it justice it's not that high but it would be the nosebleed section of the stadium and even then you yeah. feel you can see the players and the manager if you stand up you can see the manager um and it just it, you feel so close to it all it's brilliant I loved it it was one of my favorite places that I've um, yeah one of my favorite stadiums I've ever been to. Period. It was mm. really, really good.
1: Mm, mm. Yeah. What's it, your top three stadiums then?
4: I, I like. I think the Bernabeu on a good night is underrated, mm. for sure. Um, I think of like Inter uh, games against Inter Milan that I've been to last Christmas and the Madrid derby mm-hmm. as well. I went to the one.
0: Yeah. I went to
4: that one last December as well. They were all great. Yeah. I really enjoyed those mm. games. Uh, mm, mm. Bayecas was fun. Um, there's another one I can't remember.
1: <laughs> Bayecas is uh, one of my favorites as well. So yeah, and, I haven't uh, been to a the Bernabéu.
4: Yeah, Bernabé huh? Bayecas, and I haven't been to a game to it, but the San Mamés as well in uh, and yeah. Bilbao, nice stadium.
1: Don't, don't. Um, how can I say it? Don't uh, be too upset if you haven't uh, visited Getafe away. That's a uh, windy, cold stadium. That's the only thing I can say.
4: I don't but even I like watching
1: Getafe. No, that's... Uh, I was there once and I was quite new to Spain. And I am... Um, as Norwegian, I thought that this will be no problem. I went there with just a thin jacket and, uh, yeah, almost nothing. And... Uh, it was so windy so cold and all, all of the Spanish people they were having like these thick thick jackets and uh, no, oh, that's uh, that was actually quite a it's bad like- experience.
4: It's like the de stefano and food there's no food at yeah. the de stefano you have to yeah, bring yeah, a sandwich yeah. for the parking lot <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
4: always one of, one of the features of a game de castilla is just all the spanish families that can get in eating stuff and sandwiches onto them before they go in <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: well de stefano is also that's a weird stating the location is yeah it's uh um, yeah, when the, train, when the trains when the trains
4: are not to go in, it's a very it's a it's an odyssey. <laughs>
1: do you, do you? I haven't actually taken the train. i yeah, usually you can get the, the
4: air, You can get the airport train to uh, mm. the Balde bus.
1: Mm. That's where I met Kian for the first time. I remember I was just sitting by the stairs, and he he had taken the train, and yeah,
4: so, he made fun uh, of my hair that day as well.
1: <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> what did he say?
4: He took a picture of it and posted it on Twitter. It was like my <laughs> red right head was lighting up the De <laughs> Did he?
1: Yeah. I want to find that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember. Um, yeah, that was a good trip. That was uh, quite a good live uh, podcast as well. There was. Uh, do you remember we were at the um, Irish Rover and uh, yes. there was. It was so packed that people had to stand outside the the room to yeah. to listen.
4: I still go to the Irish Rover to watch a game when I'm in Madrid.
0: Mm, uh, it's a yeah, it's a, a low it's a low
4: key fun spot to go to. I would recommend it. And it's the same yeah. everywhere. Anywhere you go in Europe, if you want to watch a, a sports game, you have to go to an Irish bar. Because mm. I, sp- I speak from experience in trying to avoid them. <laughs> you try to avoid them? I don't usually go into Irish pubs when I'm away because I would just go stay at home if that's what I was going to do. But <laughs> um, if you want to watch football or anything, it's always Irish pubs that have them, no matter where you go.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's yeah. their
4: selling point. Um, but yeah, mm. Irish Rover is a pretty underrated spot in my opinion. Mm.
1: That was a that was a good trip um yeah Absolutely. let's hope we can get together again for something similar
4: has to be done
1: <laughs> yeah, the irony is that i usually organize trips for um the norwegian penia and as a as a teacher i have a lot of vacations but i also have just i i can't move my vacations i have to go when the students are away so the only week i'm free uh during the next months or so is actually to see Ketafe away. Oh. <laughs> that's the only one. So I'm not sure if it's... Uh, oh,
4: that's, got a, the that's got like a filthy dropped points vibe to it there.
1: Yeah, and also... With someone getting injured. And it's also the weekend before the Classico. And also, so unlucky. I think we're playing... I'm not sure if I saw this wrong, but I think we're playing Shakhtar away between those games. So if they had instead draw them to play at home, it would have been a great week. Yeah, that'd have been but, a good um, week to go. Mm, mm. So let's see. Maybe that's a potential live pod. Let's let's see if um, I should maybe speak to Kian only, about
4: this. Yeah. Only time will tell. We've definitely gone off track, but I think we've, we've gone genu- a
1: long way without talking about Castilla now. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when we when we finish pods up, we generally just ramble for a little while. I feel like that's what yeah, people yeah, tune yeah. into.
1: Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's hope the, that's... Uh, the odd ramble
4: wacky. here and there.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Alright then, I think that that wraps it up, I think.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. Excellent. Okay, we shall see you again when we see you again, is what I'll say. Yep. Hopefully next I'm week. For... We... Again, we're on a roll. Uh,
1: that's mm-hmm. three in a row, I want to say. Three or four in a row? I think so. We're aiming for... For the Racing Club Ferrol game then, um, that's on, um, on Sunday. So, yeah,
4: and now yeah. that we have like we have a solid little broadcaster in in our boys mm. East in Limerick now, so we have no excuses this year. We have no to excuses. Have to be on yes. the bar. Yes, absolutely. Uh, anyways, we shall see you then. Until then, hala Madrid.
1: Hala Madrid.